Today we have with us Sangeeta Malhan ma'am. She is a former pilot, writer, journalist, biker and cancer survivor. She is the author of an award-winning book on the media, The TOI Story, published by Harper Collins, among other books. Needless to say, she is a woman of many talents and of many life experiences. It is a pleasure to have you with us here on our podcast, Pay Ma'am. Thank you so much, Mayank, and best wishes to you. Thank you so much, Ma'am. So let's get right to it. So you've been, as we've seen throughout your introduction, you've been on a journey and have experienced several things through your various professions. Looking back, how do you feel about your accomplishments? About and uh, yeah, I don't see this as accomplishments, etc. I just see it as uh, you know the opportunity to try things, the opportunity to experiment. to uh, to be daring to fail to succeed to learn and then to learn again i have always been like this i i mean i like taking up challenges and doing things well but i don't obsess or struggle you know with life if something comes up to me and if i'm capable like the flying it happened i just became very capable at flying uh won a gold medal in a competition national competition went on to get my private license then moved on to writing took up journalism then moved on to writing books became an author then moved on to uh you know learning languages then taught languages then became a polyglot then wrote in multiple languages then uh, uh, <laughs> became an editor became a translator uh, it just moves on you know i just take so this leads into my next question like you said whenever the opportunity presents itself you find that and if you're capable you want to do it as pilots as an author as a writer and even knowing several languages as i know you're very fluent in french uh so what is your take on feminism especially in professional workplaces because again feminism is about equality and the modern definitions for equality and about again one of the major parts of that is getting those opportunities what is your take on feminism today uh the history of feminism here in india is rather disjointed and patchy there are uh, pockets where there are success stories and there are large areas where we still i mean we are still found wanting uh, in the workplace again there are multiple factors that come into play there was a time uh when it was it was the divide was sharper but then through the 70s and 80s women started getting very well educated becoming assertive meanwhile the, the you know the western feminism that concept was understood and appropriated in india uh, movements came up institutions came up like the all india women's conference and so on and so forth women started finding their voice and people started putting their foot down but that doesn't mean the system caved in as well the system continued to be patriarchal continues i would dare say to be patriarchal and you have to really really be meritorious and aggressive about ambition and and of course backed with talent and a certain amount of uh, sagacity flexibility shrewdness acumen then women are able to make a mark otherwise the same old uh 
stories play again and again you know a woman is meritorious but there is competition uh, there is jealousy there is resistance there is a then she goes to the other extreme and becomes almost manly if she herself has been struggling to find uh, the perfect balance the perfect identity feminism uh, in 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 this country i don't know suppose you interview 10 women from various backgrounds various age groups yes. i i wouldn't know how many of those 10 women will understand what feminism really means so i believe that a lot of work needs to be done in terms of uh, gender parity wage parity the opportunity for education employment the opportunity for dignity really that's what it eventually boils down to and i think we need to go a very long way and the noise has to get louder it's a very uh, sporadic kind of voice you know the voice of the feminist in india is sporadic comes goes comes goes it's not consistent and that's where we that's where that's the flaw that's where we lack i think ma'am uh, yeah, i think you can see that about many different movements any type of social movement where it be racism in the us and whether it is mental health all of these movements they're often very short they live in they occur in very short lived bursts and they'll be at the peak one month the next month they'll be just left for that on the side i but ma'am you said I will yes. no I will quickly add a point it's not uh, uh, I wouldn't agree so much with the perspective I believe there are pockets in this country where the movement has been consistent since the 70s 80s for example like seva and kali for women there are these huge organizations which have been and uh, manushi so they have been feminist for a long time 30 35 years which is a long time which is which proves that you know they've got their nails in the ground yeah but true. Uh, largely speaking yeah we need we need to go a very long way so yeah. personally as a high school student from what i have seen social media has become the main ground for these um act um these organizations for these social campaigns so from my personal experience seeing here staying in delhi this is what i saw so like you said these other places kali and all they have these institutes set up but in the metropolitan city i think which is largely based on Im- immigration from different states it is still an issue but uh, i want to bring i want to come back to this one point that you made you you said that um feminists often have to take on a more much more manly demeanor if they want to compete so for that i have i want to say this do you feel that um there should be a quota sort of in place because the moment you you um bring w- women up to the same level in terms of a purely meritocratic system like say in the engineering system then mm. we progressing beyond that because beyond your entrance exam beyond your college it's not just based on your merit it's also based on your social skills but how you're perceived by your colleagues so beyond that do you feel there should be some sort of like a quota system or something which could help i have historically involved? been against a quota system I, i am not so much for these sort of reservations again they compartmentalize you and and somewhere into the future that comes and bites you i don't think it's a very sustainable method 
this has to be a mix between the opportunity at the right time and the opportunity consistently till the very end the, the, purely purely based on opportunity and merit okay. i i still don't believe that i know what you mean but i still don't believe that you need a quota crutch you know i personally don't think that's sustainable maybe maybe you have a different view no ma'am and I, i'm glad i'm willing to hear it the reason i actually brought it up was because um as you know the engineering system has a has a very strong quota um, has very strong quota for different minority groups and that hinders the overall performance because you see people who have 50 60% and marks also take advantage of their quota and eventually the system yeah. is not working and i understand what yeah. you're saying you're saying you don't want to force the system you want the system to naturally progress so that it is a change which is sustained and continued if we force that onto the people then people might go in backlash and they might go in the other direction so uh, the reservation system is fraught with danger it is a vulnerable system uh the more progressive approach is to ensure ensure equality and dignity for the gender for the for the feminine in the country right from age let's say 4 until she's productive exactly the way it happens for the male this is what i mean by taking it till the very end otherwise in my view it is not sustainable you know women drop off at various stages in their career large chunks drop off that's why i wouldn't support the quota at in the traditional sense i mean in the popular sense true um i was talking about uh, this with another one of our interviewees and um one thing that we also they also talked about is about making um professional workplaces and policies more open towards Uh, both paternal and maternal leaves and parenting so that the burden is shared so i, I would say you would definitely you definitely a compassionate very pragmatic and purposeful approach you know there are organizations in the world where uh, you see a nearly an equal share maybe not so many women in the top management positions but a lot of women in the upper high min, you know middle management we just need to push it further up and that happens in a very compassionate progressive and futuristic kind of setup where you believe that this is this is uh, this is an entity this entity uh, gender notwithstanding comes with a certain set of skills and those skills are going to be used to produce to create to flourish that is i know it's a utopian kind of approach but that to me that is sustainable it's um i would say it's a idealistic approach but it is an approach which happens for generations so another thing we had discussed um, earlier was that i believe that our generation my generation has certain views which we will implement in the future your generation has certain views which it it implemented so keeping that idealistic futuristic view is important because change takes time so once mm. we come into the power we come into power we have the ability to make the changes that is when mm. the change will start showing when we can make a lot of difference and change the system from the ground up 
Sure, sure, absolutely. Wish you luck. <laughs> yes, love, thank you. Luck. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we had one question again about feminism, but I would, um, since we've already talked quite a bit about it, I would just skip that. So, um, as uh, as we introduced you, ma'am, you are a cancer survivor also. So, would you like to talk? I, about- I hardly remember this. I never remember that I went through something. Somehow, it, it it's just not my nature to remember these sort of things. Okay. Uh, yes. Go ahead with your question. Okay. So, ma'am, um, what in that case? And I just wanted to ask you one question, just one. Is that yeah, yeah. when people are sick, people usually treat them differently. So, how would you say that it affects someone personally, like in terms of mentally? How See, does it we affect? human beings? Yeah, we human beings uh, are unable to handle our emotions uh, appropriately. We lose our sense of balance or equilibrium, and we tend to be either terribly emotional. Uh, we tend to be terribly emotional, and that that therein lies the problem. That's why people <laughs> get very overwrought when they find out that someone is ill at ease or you know has a disease, uh, and they don't know how to uh, react or their intentions might be good but they rarely uh, know how to react. Uh, it, it's just a part of the system, I think, uh, particularly, <coughs> excuse me, in India, I think we, we tend to be terribly emotional. Uh, and people do overcompensate and therefore they come up with all kinds of reactions. Mm, that is true. And also, we do, we're not comfortable talking about uh, illnesses. They're just like, you know, there's an illness on this side and uh, good health on the other side. It's just like your the, the balance in the universe, uh, day and night, and so on and so forth. If we were to see these things from this perspective, to say, yes, there is good health on this side and ill health on the other, and let's find a solution, I think we'd be... Uh, we'd be better off dealing with these sort of things. People, one, don't talk about these things uh, in a very dispassionate, rational manner. Two, people are extremely emotional about these things. So both these things, uh, they both, they they, they kind of distort uh, the picture is how I feel, is how I see it. So, um, so from what I understand, it's sort of like a battle of extremes. Either we don't know what to do or we just do too much. Perhaps. So I- yeah, it's the pendulum story, isn't it? This way, that way, that way, that way, without being able to find the center. I mean, it takes a long time to find the center. True, true. So um, in terms of, say, as the person who is sick, like, does this would you be able to have a comment on how this affects them because we understand this is a problem but how does the person feel would you have you mean the person who is ill or the other person on the other side the person who's ill well okay Uh so i will give you my experience i found out that i had the cancer when i was away from the country in fact on holiday and I didn't really react very much when I found out that, oh, God, there is a cancer story and there is a surgery business. I somehow remained very calm 
surprisingly and went continued with the holiday all i mean the entire holiday i behaved as if nothing was wrong with me i did not tell any of my friends who were traveling with me came back very calm got the surgery very calm started uh, you know chemo radiation very calm i in my head i've always been like this so it could be different with me perhaps uh, i remain calm normally in a crisis uh, even otherwise uh, i generally stay quite feet on the ground i did go my concerns were oh my god my uh, work is going to be affected my studies are going i was studying spanish at that point and i was about to give my b2 exams which i couldn't give because of the story so my concerns were elsewhere my concern was oh my god i'm going to miss the exam <laughs> i really didn't think about the illness so much and uh, and my students at the french because i was teaching french but studying spanish at the same time as my students my french students are going to suffer uh, you know uh, these were my concerns uh, but uh, i was very chill out about it somehow i think you know i managed to just do things and i got a book out just after radiation i i finished the editing and a book came out a short story collection see that's my approach to illness so mine could be really different from anyone else's because i really didn't move about i was doing work and i i was playing the guitar uh, even when chemo had started so so you know yes uh, for me it's a different kind of story ma'am so from what i understand it's that um the having illness it's more of like having a high pressure situation so like we have all these competitions i obviously can't relate as much but like from what i understand sort how you handle that pressure how you handle the emotional stress and i think the best way to highlight that is when you are put in a high pressure environment say for example you have a 24 hour deadline to do something a big project and you're just frantically working away at it the two different types of people who approach the problem this one who gets very hyper who you start yelling who starts running around and can't calm down and then on the other flip end there is um there is a calm personality the person who looks at things very methodically even though there's a deadline and gets the work both of them get the work done but the emotional um strain that both of them go through are very different so um would you agree that this is sort of like what you would describe it as and you would be obviously part of the latter the more calm methodical one in high pressure situations we have to be taught these things you know when we grow up in school i think the emotional balance or the uh, raising the emotional quotient has to come into our uh, education system into our culture it has to be taught uh, to young children to say just stay calm through everything through everything you know let your mind be feverishly active but on the face of it just breathe and get it done just simply breathe get it done it's an approach that has to come into our culture 
again, I, I, I presume, I assume that it was a part of our culture at some point. And then we got really muddled because we've become extremely competitive. There's so much pressure on everyone to perform and to always perform well. It's a self-man-made problem, this, this pressure. And therefore, we have to go back to school when children we enter school. We put pressure on them, you know, and we kind of uh, destroy, let's say, their fundamental and inherent peace. It has to just come back into the system, but this will never happen. The sad part is this will never happen. I agree with and you. And therefore, you see people completely distraught. I agree to an extent because yeah. what I felt was that the education system, number one, no matter how amazing it becomes, it is ultimately tailored for the masses. And you can't tackle this sort of a problem with 20 people or even 10 people because it's a problem. Every single person is tailored a different way. So um, it is accepting and everything, I think. It should, it's not a problem of our education system, it's about how we need to be brought up. So from younger ages, and it depends on parents. So over time, sure, yeah, that, we might that, see this you know, uh, Mayank, let me button here and tell you, being brought up is also education. That's what I'm saying. Our whole approach has to be extremely holistic. It's not the stuff we cram up from our books that's education. Education actually means a genuine knowledge that comes from the ecosystem, which is the environment, which consists of everything. That's what I mean when I say the education system. I don't mean the system degree and pushing you into a factory to perform. That's the sad part. You know, that's, that's who we've become. But that's not what I mean. I mean the system of education, which means the entire cultural ecosystem that a person will carry forever. If that is ingrained at a very young age, then the person is in various degrees. I mean, not everyone's going to be always capable, but in various degrees, one is capable of handling various situations. So from... And this would directly have an impact on the mental health issues. And once we start understanding how to keep our emotions in check, whether through, say, therapy, whether through our education system, which includes, like you said, our parenting and our upbringing, um, based on that, it depends on how we handle, how we let our mental health affect us, how we let other, say, illnesses, high-pressure situations, accidents affect us. <coughs> Excuse me. Hanji. So, okay. um, ma'am, that's, yeah. that's the end of the questions for today. Okay. Thank you so much for coming. And I also learned quite a bit talking to you today. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. Thank you so much. We hope we can talk to you again sometime. Certainly. All the best for you, uh, your career and your education, everything, huh? your life. Thank Cheers. you, ma'am. Thank you so Bye -bye. much.